Welcome to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast, a podcast where we meet amazing individuals from all walks of life. Here's your host, Vivek, with a new episode for you. Uh, rebranding is one of those areas where in my career over the last 15, 16, 17 years, I have been fortunate enough to be part of three to four rebranding exercises, right? Rebranding uh, is something which uh, I have even got a job because of uh, one of my previous experiences on handling a rebranding for one of the major brands, right? So I don't want to take names of the brands where I've worked and handled rebranding, but I have handled a rebranding for one of the major firms which had to build their foothold in India uh, uh, in the life sciences space. So uh, launching that product uh, was a big deal. Uh, so managing rebranding is, comes with million, million pain points. And I have worked with a CEO who has spent one lakh rupees on a logo as part of the rebranding, etc. So I wanted to get into the nitty gritties of understanding rebranding because it can give you nightmares. It can give you sleepless nights. So today I'll be joining with Jim Heininger. He's the rebrand man. He leads the efforts at, of the rebranding experts, which is a firm which he has founded in 27, uh, 2017. After 30 years of experience in business and strategy, a brand strategy for PNG, McDonald's, Anna Brioche and others. Uh, rebranding experts was purposefully designed to be the only agency with the comprehensive services necessary to rebrand organizations. Every leader understands the pain of going through rebranding. It's, it's a tough thing. Everybody needs a facelift once in a while. Every brand goes through it, but getting it done in the right way is tough. That's why rebranding experts exist. It starts from a fundamentally different viewpoint than traditional branding firms that see rebranding as a marketing strategy. Uh, Jim's team believes rebranding should be a strategic growth accelerator, creating a forward-facing organization ready to grasp new opportunities. He has designed a methodology used by the firm and merged the many disciplines necessary for successful rebranding, which includes research, brand strategy and planning, creative naming, design and identity, corporate and leadership communications, change management, employee engagement, uh, internal marketing, customer experience, design and marketing and public relations. He's a contributor to Forbes, etc. on the topic of rebranding. So let's, I have a set of amazing questions which will address all your queries about rebranding. If you're planning rebranding in your near future, don't miss the episode. So let me bring Jim on. Hey, hello, hello. Jim. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for taking time out. You know, uh, I, I get a little bit uh, panicky when uh, the guests become, uh, take a little bit time to join. You know, I had a recent experience. Uh, it was supposed to be a leadership, lead, a leadership expert who was supposed to come on the show. I went live. She didn't turn up. So it was, it was such a, but I'm, I'm getting used to it. I'm uh, this is my third year doing the show. It's so, like live TV. Uh, I, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, I, I get a little bit panicky, but thank you so much for taking time out. I, I was, I'm super excited to meet you 
we have planned this session before. We had to reschedule a couple of times uh, because of my health issues and stuff like that. I'm so grateful that you took the time out and uh, come here because rebranding is something uh, is very close to my heart also because uh, I have in my early in my careers, I've got opportunity to work with leaders who wanted to do a good job in rebranding, but we failed miserably a couple of times, oh, no. but we learned, we learned, you know, uh, good lessons there. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, as the show goes, uh, Jim, I, I bring on guests like you who are specialists uh, in, in an area and where people struggle. And I curate a set of questions uh, in that area. And uh, uh, if you're ready, we can start off. I'm ready. Absolutely. Sure. All right. So uh, let's 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 get right to it. Right. So rebranding. Every brand, you know, if you if you look at LinkedIn or if you look at any social platform, there's a, re, a regular announcement about this is our new logo. This is how we're going to look like here onwards, etc. So what do you think are the reasons for considering a rebranding strategy? Well, let me let me kind of start out, too, by by framing up what we view as rebranding. So, uh, it. You know, a, a brand, you're right, every several years needs to be refreshed. It needs to be modernized a little bit. And and that sometimes is a visual makeover, perhaps some new marketing language and so forth. Um, oftentimes we see companies that have to reposition because their, their product line, their service, what they've been offering to their customer base, it's kind of getting irrelevant and they need to reposition so that they are better able to deliver to that, that customer today. We're seeing that a lot in the retail market, places like Victoria's Secret, um, Abercrombie and Fitch, they're all repositioning their products and, and, and their approach to their customers based upon that changing customer. Then there's what we call a rebrand. And, and we see a rebrand as standing up an entirely new brand for an organization. Um, so not only a new brand promise, a new name for the organization, the new visual identity, so that visual makeover, uh, but an update to their customer prom or to their customer experience, even their employer brand and how they communicate with their employees, and then all that is launched and introduced to the to, to the world um, as the new company. A good example of that recently is Meta. You know the the, the Facebook, right. the new corporate organization that was launched. And then um, Elevance Health is a good one. It was previously Anthem, which was a provider of Blue Cross Blue Shield products. Um, and they introduced Elevance Health. They wanted to be more than just a, a benefits provider. They wanted to be a partner, a lifelong partner in, in your health. So right. we kind of break it out into those buckets of, so to speak, of, um, of what you would call a rebrand. So why would you do a rebrand? Good question. Um, there's, there's, it's really either driven by need or by opportunity. So right. think first, first and foremost, that rebranding is all about growth. It, if you wouldn't go to this investment and all this time and energy, if you weren't trying to give a good growth accelerator behind the, the organization. So if you need to rebrand, it's oftentimes things like a merger or an acquisition, new leadership change. Maybe that your brand is just it, it's outlived its purpose and, and you need to update it. it. It's just not working for you. It's limiting your growth even. Right. Then there's the opportunity side. And that's where a lot of organizations are, are embracing this now. They have a, a, a very ambitious growth plan. They've got new strategies in place to expand either geographically or into new customer segments. 
And that brand just doesn't work for them anymore, but they want to achieve that opportunity. And so they need to look at how they can stand up an entirely new brand. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm glad that, you know, we are talking about this topic because it's such a confusing topic uh, for many, many entrepreneurs I've spoken to or many of my bosses who are CEOs of brands, you know, it's, it's a very, everybody wants to do it, but nobody knows how to do it. You know? yeah, so that, that, that first, that, that first question set the context right away. Right. So uh, let's get a little, let, let's back up a little bit, you know, so my question is, how do you define a brand and, you know, determine your target audience? You know, how do you do that? So, so we see the brand as that collection of experiences, of visuals, of language, of everything that helps you decide that that's what you want to choose over another competitive product. So it's, it's not just a logo. I mean, we, we have to move beyond that. It's, it's the, the collective experience that you have with a product or with a service. And so if, if you think about what rebranding and the definition of it would be, re means to make a new. And if the brand is the heart and soul of your organization, that means literally standing up an entirely new reason for being for your customers that's more modern, that's more relevant, that's going to last you for years into the future and introducing that to them. Right. Right, right, absolutely. Right, so, uh, you know, as you mentioned about the target audience, etc., you touched upon that. So, you know, I, I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of research and planning required in a rebranding effort. So if you can, you know, take us through what typical steps should be taken when it comes to research and planning phase of a rebranding effort. So a couple thoughts. We always encourage an organization to do almost a rebranding business case that really looks at at their current brand performance. Uh, You know, how hard is it working for you? What kind of results? What kind of, you know, is it delivering for the success of your business? And what would happen if you didn't rebrand? So that you can have a kind of a view into the future that that determines if you're gonna find value in this whole effort. Then when you get into the process, there's a lot of research as you've indicated. First of all, you really have to understand what are the key differentiators you know, of, of your brand? What is it that your customers find most compelling about you that are their reasons to buy? And then look into this growth space that you're going to be moving into. And right. what are the needs of the customer in that set so that you're, you're, you're presenting yourself in a way that's going to meet those needs um, as you go forward? Uh, right. We do a lot of even research within the, you know, within the employee base, you know, to understand what they think the brand is, because what what we often find with organizations is they're busy doing what they do all day long, making the widgets or selling the coffee or whatever it is. And they don't spend as much time understanding what their brand is and, and, and truly embracing it. So we do a lot of education along the process about what is a good brand? How does it make a company successful? And what's the gap between where you are and what you want to achieve so that we know that we how we need to bring people up to that absolutely you're 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 100 right you know when you say that people who are close to the brand doesn't really sometimes misunderstanding the personality of the brand you know i'm i i'm a marketer so sometimes i don't think of my brand as a entity you know I'm, i'm too busy fighting the fires, I am too busy running the show every day, 
you forget the brand bit sometimes, you know. So that is where all these issues start cropping up, and one day you have to uh, manage that on a major scale. That's absolutely, uh, you know, correct way you have put it across. All right. So uh, my next question is, you know, brand messaging and visual identity is a key piece to this, right? So how can you ensure consistency in your brand messaging and visual identity across all channels when this happens? So as you create that new brand language and, 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 you know, you work from that core promise of what you are to customers and you build out from that in terms of your language set, uh, it's making sure that leadership understands it. Um, and they are communicating that way now going forward, that they're teaching their middle managers how to communicate that way to their, the full employee base. So that the employees see how it changes their experience with the customer. And if there's a new expectation from the customer as to how, you know, what's going to happen when I buy this product or when I call for service on something that's broken or whatever. So everybody in the organization needs to know that. So you got to make sure all those different, you know, internal channels, so to speak, um, are, are educated, knowledgeable, and then certainly you know, have a very tight control of how it's presented externally, because right. the minute you start to communicate it, you're creating an expectation among the customer and, right. and you got to deliver on it. So that's where you got to be ready internally before you go externally. But, you know, having tight control, making sure that people are working off the same message book, um, that they know how to, um, you know, if challenged, how to answer those questions consistently. Um, right. If, you know, if it's social media channel, you know, cha- uh, channels and, and, you know, comments are popping up and so forth, how are those consistently answered the same way um, so that your brand, you know, any way you look at it from any direction is the same to the customer? Right, right. Yeah. You touched upon, you know, uh, my next question is connected to that. The, the selling the rebranding story internally is one of the major challenges. You know, uh, like the, the, the leadership might be having one idea, but the middle management not getting it or the or the next rung of the leadership doesn't getting it is a big challenge. I have seen personally, I have faced it personally. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's, it's one of the major challenges. So talking about challenges, uh, what are some of the common challenges companies face during the rebranding process? And how, I know there are so many challenges, you can touch upon maybe one or two or three, you know, how they can overcome those challenges. So as, as we were just talking about, probably the first challenge is they don't fully understand what a brand is and how it can work right. hard to make their business successful. So that right. kind of education effort is helpful in that. Uh, second, I would say is people really underestimate how much work goes behind a, re- a successful rebranding. You know, you can rebrand, right. but then to make it successful, it requires, you know, a real playbook of activities that leads you through the whole process and, and really, um, you know, nailing each of those steps along the way because they build upon each other. So, right. you know, most people don't realize, you know, oh, I got to get my employees ready to go for this. You know, they, they just think they're going to do it externally in terms of their marketing efforts. It's not sufficient. Right. And then I would say number three is that, that, um, it's a longer process. So one of the challenges, if you're a, if you're a business that needs to trademark your new name, uh, you have to submit that to the, the United States Patent and Trademark um, Office. And that can take up to a year sometimes to be approved. 
it's oh. and it it got it got um, really complicated in the in uh, during the pandemic as well too. So, you know, here you 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 go through this research effort. You find you know you define what you want your new brand to be. You're really excited about it, and then you have to submit a trademark application, and it could be months before that's approved. So one of the challenges that we've tried to overcome is working with the attorneys, the trademark attorneys is really scrubbing through a search what's out there that may come close to that name and having a very high probability that it is going to be approved by the USPTO that gives you the confidence to move forward and announce that new brand before you even get approval of it um, from right. the USPTO office. So that's that's something that when when we start to walk through it with clients, they're like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> well, we don't want to wait that long and, and nobody does. So how do we overcome that through really, right. really careful planning? Right, right. I remember when, when, when I was doing research and I found your profile, I wanted to invite you as a guest. I was really surprised that there are such a niche firm focusing on rebranding alone. You know, so I was so glad to see that in a way because... Uh, people who might be watching who are not in the marketing department or who have who hasn't you know done this doesn't even may not be able to even comprehend the challenges of a successful rebranding it's such a crazy process you know uh, most of the people think of it as like a logo change couple of emailers you're done but it is much more than that right so i'm just so glad that you are here i'm getting questions from uh, some of the viewers i'll take it up at the end of it uh, end of the session. Okay. All right. So, uh, other thing which most leaders might also ask you, who are the, your clients as well, how do we measure the success of a rebranding effort? How can companies measure? Ah, it's, a, it's a good question um, because you, at the end of the day, they want to see a good return on the investment in this as well too. Early in the process. Um, you know, we we sit down with a client and and go through what how are they currently measuring, you know, not only only sales and customer acquisition and length of customer and so forth, you know, brand sentiment, all those different things. What do they already have in place that can be continue to be used post rebranding so that you can see what kind of bump you get coming out of it? Uh, it and and if they don't have those kind of measurement tools in place, you know, which are the ones that they're comfortable or can afford, you know, to, to establish because you do want to have something that enables you to get your arms around it. All right. What most companies see is this anecdotal response to it. When their customers get excited about it, if you're a B2B organization and you suddenly find it easier to, you know, to talk to your customer, pick up the phone and call them and so forth, because they see that you're responding to needs in the marketplace and truly trying to advance yourself. Um, Anecdotal is good. And we always hear, you know, this, there's a bump afterwards in terms of, you know, um, the product, you know, the, the, the customer pipeline or, you know, a project pipeline that's coming into organizations. It's good to have those, those, you know, those rigorous kind of tools in place from the very beginning that you can measure back. And again, it's always important for, you know, if it's the marketing team internally, link it to growth. You know, really make sure that your measurements are tied to growth over that longer period of time, because that's what the the benefit of rebranding is all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a perfect answer for that question. All right. So uh, let's let's talk about the rebranding is done. So how can a company maintain and evolve its brand over time to stay relevant? Because staying relevant is very, 
very much of critical importance these days. You know, customers have a lot of options in the market. Uh, there are a lot of competition. The competition in every industry is growing. So how can companies maintain and evolve its brand to stay relevant in their market? Well, you got to be in touch with your customer. You know, you have to know what's going on with your customer. What are they thinking? What are they doing differently? You know, the pandemic really reminded us all of that because so many lives were upended or, you know, or, or processes changed that if you weren't in touch with what was happening with your customer, it hurt. And so hopefully that's a lesson everybody took out of the last few years is, you know, put in place regular monitoring of the voice of the customer. What are they saying? What's on their minds? You know, a, a, a a regular tool for gathering insight in terms of what they think is important and what the future looks like for them. Because right. you know, it's part of the challenge of marketing is always being ready for what's coming tomorrow as well, too. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. That reminded me, I have to, I'm yet to book a customer experience expert for this season. Uh, that voice of customer reminded me of that. I might have to bring somebody on. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that answer, Jim. Uh, so, you know, uh, Let's talk about other aspects of rebrand, right? For example, technology. You know, what role does technology play in rebranding? And how can businesses utilize technology that is available these days so effectively? So what's interesting is we find with a lot of companies when, when they're, we're going through this process and maybe we do an audit of their communications tools or their marketing tools or how they communicate with their customers and so forth, we find that they're kind of behind in terms of the sophistication of those, those um, the use of technology. And it's a good time to get out and find some of the latest options and the latest, you know, to see, see the great, you know, way that they can help build your brand and use those as part of the rebranding launch with which to now engage with your customer. It's a great time to introduce you know, new functions on your website, new, you know, you know, if it's email, if it's chat, if it's, you know, whatever it is, AI type products, if they improve the customer experience, then the customer is seeing something, you know, demonstrably different as a result of your rebranding. And then they realize that it's, it's whole, it's new, you know, and that's, so that's important. Um, so, so we will always try to recommend this is your chance to catch up <laughs> if, you're, if you're kind of running behind in the use of technology, okay. um, embrace it now. Right, right. I'm pretty sure many companies uh, are behind uh, when it comes to it because that's, that's the way that technology is evolving. You know, uh, even the top companies are sometimes behind, you know, so it's, it's good to have partners like you who can take them through that journey. Right. Uh, so my next uh, question is about communication right for example communication is key in this whole process right so how can businesses effectively communicate and manage the change with their stakeholders during the rebranding process so communications is a is a it has to be handled very carefully because one of the things that you don't want to do um if while you're considering rebranding or early in the whole process is talk too much about it because right. you don't want to create concern where there's no reason for concern. Right. And you don't want to give your competitors a heads up as to what you're, you know, what you're cooking and, right. and, and for them to take advantage of it in some way to say, you know, look at the companies in turmoil. They're trying to figure out who they are. You know, this is the time to attack. 
So you right. really want to kind of be very careful, keep your, your communications within just the leadership team for the early part of this whole process. Right. Then when it comes time, and we usually say once we know what the new brand is and, you know, we've we submitted the trademark applications, we've secured the domains and we're, we're going about the process behind the scenes of updating all the different kind of branded assets that are going to need to be ready for launch day. That's the time you start to talk to your your um, employees and to tell them, you know, we're considering rebranding. We and then we think we're you know we're going to rebrand. We decided to rebrand, and here's why. And build an understanding and support of why it's the right thing to do long before you tell them what the new brand is. Because right. once the shiny object comes out, once you launch it, that's going to take their attention. So, right. so you want that to land on a really solid foundation of understanding of why we're even doing this and Absolutely. what their role is in it. And right. I would see the same kind of thing with customers is, is in, you know, most organizations will hold off on telling customers that they're going to rebrand till just literally right before it or the day that they launch it for right. that very same reason. They don't want to create question marks. They don't want to create concerns. Um, they don't want to give their competitors a heads up. So um, again, you, you know, why are we, we, why are we doing it? What is the new brand? What does it mean to you in the future? And what can you expect of us in, in our continuing relationship um, mm -hmm. or the continuing, you know, as you buy our products? Um, so it's a very phased kind of effort that right. tries to keep it under control and tries to make it work, you know, to maximum benefit. Right, right. Actually, it's, uh, what I'm hearing is timing of each and every step is critical for a successful rebranding. Timing is super critical. All right, so you you touched upon customer. So let me let me ask you an interesting question here. So uh, is it is it is it necessary to incorporate customer feedback into your rebranding strategy? If yes, how can companies do that? You know, incorporating customer feedback while building the rebranding strategy. So are 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 you thinking of? what the new brand should be or once we've announced the brand what your feedback no, is no, no. the the why well in advance you know while preparing the strategy okay we are we are going to rebrand but okay. before that yeah. okay um yeah it obviously has to you know be focused around the customer it has to be customer centric it, you know and this is one of the things that we will oftentimes find with organizations especially if they don't have a very robust marketing operation is right. that so much of their language is product or feature related and it's not benefit focused. It's, you know, right. it's, we do this, we do this and, and we will say, okay, we're going to, we're going to take a big leap here because we want to talk about what is the outcome of, you know, in the customer's mind to working with you, what right. do they benefit from? And, and so if they don't have that kind of voice of the customer, at that point in time, that's where we go out and get it, because that's where it's going to inform what the, that language should be. And once they hear, OK, this is what the customer thinks and expects. This is the way that we can present you for the future. It all comes together. All of a sudden, it's an aha moment for many people that right. they now understand them, you know, what this this branding and rebranding is all about. So, right. you know, it doesn't mean you have to tell the customer that you're rebranding or you're thinking of doing it, you may do some real, you know, kind of confidential, you know, interviews with, with some select customers and so forth. 
but just knowing what they think is is the foundation of what that new brand is going to be. Absolutely, absolutely. I was I was smiling because I, as a marketer, I'm totally guilty to what you just said. We always talk about our, what our products do. We seldom talk about the benefits, uh, what customers get out of it. So totally guilty of that. Right. So uh, another important uh, question. This this question I added based on my experience. When we talk about when we touch upon the subject of rebranding, the first question which comes to most founding members, right, founders of the company, who's the CEO, is that what will happen to our heritage? What will happen to our history? We, are, we have been like this for a long time, and you are suggesting a rebranding exercise. So, how can a company balance maintaining its heritage and history while also evolving? Uh, its brand to appeal to the emerging market? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Clearly, there are things about your past that make you successful today. Absolutely. And so it's understanding what those are and 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 really you know prioritizing those because you can't you can't roll out you know a list of 50. It has to be what are the key things that that really and 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 this again is where we ask it of the customer, not of the employee. Or the or the founder, but you know what what is it that makes you keep coming back to this product, to this company, to this service, and and taking the best of it and building the new brand around that, leaving a lot of the things that are no longer necessary, no longer you know differentiate you in the marketplace, but focusing on the core of what that new promise needs to be. And it's interesting; it's very hard for for you know for especially longtime executives to in a sense, let go of things that they think are important, but that aren't because, right. and you can see why they have, they're at this point now that they need to rebrand is because they're, they're, they're kind of holding on to something from the past right. as opposed to embracing the future. So it becomes, it becomes, you know, very clear as to what, what's the best of us that we want to carry forward um, and let go of. It's really interesting when you, if you've got a company too, that, is named after the founder yeah. um, and, and, and you're realizing, you know, they maybe have an exit strategy at some point in time, if they haven't left already, but it might be time to let go of that, 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 right. that person is not what differentiates you in the market anymore. It's your products, it's your service, it's your experience to customers. So, right. so how do you let go of that individual's right. name and move right. on to something that's more, um, more relevant to your customers? Right. I can I can only imagine when you said that uh, said, said that phrase. I can only imagine the kind of dilemma you and your team might be facing because you might you, have, you work with all sorts of companies. You might be facing so many difficult situations sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and while going through journey, fantastic actually. We uh, had a we had an interesting <laughs> one, uh, in, uh, interesting assignment where it was a uh, an East Coast based company, the a family owned company, the daughter had taken it over as the CEO, the, fa the father was still playing in an advisory consulting role. She's the one that has very ambitious, you know, growth plans, she wanted to rebrand the organization, she thought it was necessary to do so. And um, we, we needed to present to him, and to, you know, gain his support of the idea right. for us to move forward. And once we once we built it on the promise of you know what we're going to be in the future, and then the name that articulated that in a very interesting, compelling way, it was he said, "Okay, I get it. I get I get how this can work harder for us now. 
go forward. You've got my support. Right, right. Solid, solid research, solid communication is needed to get this off the ground for sure. Right. Uh, so my last question before I have uh, one question from the audience also. The last question about rebranding will be, you know, if you can share some examples of successful rebranding campaigns that you have seen and impressed you as an expert and what made them effective. So there's one in uh, Chicago where we're based that that happened a few years ago that I think I love. And I think it's a great example to inspire others. It was the Chicago Rehabilitation Institute. So this is a, it's a medical facility that focuses on long-term recovery people, people from severe injury. Um, and people from all over the country would come there um, for, for care and service on, on their um, path back to, um, uh, to normalcy. And right. they, re, they, they, they were in the process of, of changing up their service delivery model and how they were going to work with patients in a much more kind of 360 degree with all the different medical specialties supporting and working as one team and so forth. And they rebranded it as the ability lab of wow. this is the place where you come to grow your abilities to, to, you know, to live that full and rewarding life again. And I thought it was, you know, cause who wants to go to rehab? <laughs> People do want to go to a place that, that, that are focused on that positive outcome of regaining my ability. So I thought that was a beautiful one. Um, we did a, we just finished a rebranding for a professional service firm the focus is in, on kind of executive coaching and talent leadership. And uh, they did a, a management buyout from their, their French parent. And right. the name was BPI Group, which was the initials of the founder. Didn't mean anything to anybody, BPI Group. And we really got to the, 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 the heart of what is the outcome of their work with clients and, and coaching executives on how to lead their organizations and how to get the best out of their people and so forth and realized it was really about kind of creating new futures um, and, and bolder futures than what they had in the past. So we were looking at words like brave and bravura and avanti, which is an Italian expression to say, let's go, you know, a rallying cry. And we put the words together to be bravanti and it means to go courageously forward which is what oh. they do with their, their executives um, that they coach. So good example of, of you know, how you can completely reframe and reposition a company and a new name that really brings it to life. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. But uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a adventurous journey you're taking these brands to, right? Because it takes guts uh, to share your past and adopt a future, which is, yeah. uh, you know, exciting actually. Right. One final question. Uh, uh, Neil, he's one of the good content marketers I know. So his question is, what are the key professionals working on rebranding? Is it the CMO plus top management or is it CMO plus external agency with the findings then communicated to the top? And how does this ideally work? That's a great question. Um, I, I, I always start with a, a solid leadership team. Uh, the CEO has to be an active contributor to that process right. because we can't come back to them and have them, you know, not like, you know, what's what we've come up with. They need to be an active contributor of it. 
And right. it also needs to be a cross-functional team because this will change, this will result in change through every department of your organization. And right. so because it's enterprise-wide. So, you know, your your finance team has a, a long list of things that they're going to need to update as part of a rebranding process from their right. contracts to their insurance policies, to their banking accounts, to contracts with employees, contracts with customers and so forth. All these different departments need to um, to be involved. So we look at it as a as an enterprise wide. Let's make sure that everybody's at the table that represents those different functionalities. We can tell them exactly when they're going to need to, you know, be engaged and what they're going to need to do. But giving them that heads up and that, you know, that involvement on what's happening and so that they can plan and, and align their people behind it is, is key and critical. So the CMO is, is usually the one that um, if they if they have a, have an internal CMO or a director of marketing or whatever, is oftentimes that representative of the impact in the marketing side too. So right. it's we need everybody at the table to make it work. <laughs> right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Dean, for that question. So, uh, you know, as, as I ask every guest who comes on the show, the final question is about them. I, I, that's the question I used to get to know them better. So, you know, Jim, you, your career is nothing short of uh, total inspiration, you know, for people like us. You know, it's, it's, you have worked with bigger brands in the world. You have been doing sales and brand marketing and brand management, etc. And now you are the principal at Rebranding Expert. So tell us a little bit about your journey plus rebranding journey. How did it start and how is it going so far? So I, I came up through the, uh, the the strategic communication side of things, working at PR agencies for a number of those those blue chip brands. After 25 years of that, I went to to um, uh, in kind of a higher gun role out at McDonald's Corporation, working on some major issues that that they were facing that were really pulling down their kind of corporate reputation. So it was right. you know not only kind of communications but also what changes needed to be made internally to be able to address those. When we finished those projects and got everything resolved, I wanted to go back into the agency environment. And they said, Jim, we will support you with work to come if you want to open your own firm. So I was able to do that with McDonald's support, which was absolutely terrific. We took on some rebranding assignments as um, from clients uh, early on. And that's when I began to realize there's a lot more to this process than what clients even realize they need to do and that current kind of marketing firms and branding firms were offering. And so that's when we sat down and we actually did a, a study with, with clients that are, or companies that had rebranded, not even our clients, and asked the tough questions about what, you know, what were the obstacles success? What were the challenges? What were the potholes along the way? and built our methodology on that then. So that it includes things like change management, like um, HR expertise, um, you know, because, you know, you really need to figure out how you're going to change the culture to support the new brand as well, too. So you need HR's involvement, uh, you know, the finance, the legal perspectives and so forth. So built the agency then to be able to deliver on that. And it's 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 been a, a very fun ride. I really enjoy the clients that we get to work with. You know, most of them um, contact us in kind of a stealth discussion because they're thinking about rebranding, 
Uh, they they know that they need a partner that has some experience rebranding. So they you know their their current marketing agency might not have that, and so they reach out. They find us. You know, search rebranding. You know, specialists, experts, whatever. We pop up. They call and they say, you know, very privately, we're having this discussion. You know, what is it you guys do, and how could you help? And that's where most of our leads come through, uh, is right. um, because nobody goes out and publicizes that, or you know, or, or issues a giant RFP if they're that they're going to rebrand, unless right. they're a nonprofit organization or a government entity or something like that. So right. it's um, it's we're off, we're 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 doing some great work for clients, and it and it feels good. Absolutely, absolutely. This one of I I think the the the, the business world, the corporate world needs uh, uh, re forms like rebranding experts for sure because rebranding re or certain aspects of branding as well as customer experience these are areas where people have no clue what they're doing you know they need experts to come in and take them through that journey you know so i i'm glad that you're doing this and i i got to meet you like this uh, and uh, you know you took time out to come on the show and uh, i really enjoyed the discussions uh, thank you so much for your time, Jim, and uh, hopefully you. we will connect more in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, that was Jim uh, Heidegger. He is the principal at Rebranding Experts. Check their website out, rebrandingexperts.com. Fantastic methodology, fantastic, phenomenal body of work behind them. Uh, if you are a firm in U.S. or anywhere in the world and thinking of rebranding, please check them out. Uh, they can take you through that tough journey. It's going to be a fun ride with them. All right. So that was episode 57. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are so many amazing guests. I can't wait to talk like Jim, right? So uh, I have somebody coming on and talking about thought leadership for B2B brands. Uh, next week, I think I have uh, ex-US Army surgeon coming and talking about PR strategies on a cost-effective budgets, etc. So totally amazing February, March lined up. So uh, I hope to see you all here. Uh Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Podcasts. See you in the next episode.